All right, everybody stand up and do the little Easter jig with that kid. So we've heard from the kids about Easter. Let's hear from the parents about Easter. Dad, the Easter bunny should know that I don't like Rolos, but he puts them in my basket every year. Me eating a Rolo. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) Raising the dead is easier than raising kids. It really isn't that hard, is it? Step one, paint Jesus on an Easter egg. Step two, hide the Easter egg. Step three, yell, you need to find Jesus at all the little children. Well, I'm not going to yell at you today, and I'm not going to tell you that you need to find Jesus. He's not lost, and he's not hiding anywhere. But I am going to tell you that today is what a day I see as a day of hope. We need hope because life can be pretty rough. Jesus and the Easter Bunny are having a conversation. You think you had a rough weekend, he says to the Easter Bunny. Having a hard time is what many of us experience. My two-year-old daughter was tired, but she doesn't know how to say that yet. So she held her head in her hands and said the full sentence, i having a hard time. A lot of us, I think today, could hold our head in our hand and say, I'm having a hard time. The people of Judah were having a hard time. They were living as exiles in the land of Babylon after having gone through this uh, horrible experience of being captives of Babylon and all the horrors that go with that process of torture and rape and warfare that lasted almost two years. And with that warfare, there was famine and disease and filled with despair. So the people had been taken about a thousand miles from Jerusalem into Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq, and they were in exile. Uh, They had been taken from their home country after their hometown had been demolished. Not only had their sense of identity, their person, uh, found themselves in despair, but they lost their identity spiritually. In their theology, you met God at the temple. And there was no temple in Babylon. The temple back home in Jerusalem had been leveled. And so in a real sense... They had to deconstruct their theology because their theology wasn't working here in Babylon. They had lost their identity. They had lost the form of their faith. And they felt very disconnected from their God. And one of the exiles in Babylon was a guy named Ezekiel, whose friends called him Zeke. So we'll call him Zeke today. I refer to Ezekiel A couple of weeks ago in a weekly column that I write for the church called Random Thoughts from the Rev, and I quoted uh, a passage in Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 20. I won't read that today because it's not appropriate for an adult uh, and child audience, but uh, I know you're going to get your phone out now and see what the world that verse says. Don't read it at lunch today because you're going to have children there, but just sometime When you're quiet and by yourself, see what the Holy Scripture has to say in Ezekiel 23, 20. But the passage I'm reading today that we're going to think about today 
is also pretty graphic, although it's not sexual. I'm just going to read at the beginning a very short portion of it, and we'll talk about the rest of it as we go. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and placed me in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. In verse 1, we see that this was a vision. He was brought out by the Spirit, and sometimes that word by could be in the Spirit. And so we know this is not literal. This is a metaphor. This is a vision that he is having. If you've read Ezekiel at all, you'll see almost every page has some kind of a vision uh, recorded. Verse 2, God made me walk all around among the bones. I realized there were a great many bones in the valley, and they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said to him, Sovereign Lord, you know. Some of us feel like that valley of dry bones, full of despair, dead, so to speak. The story of Ezekiel is not so much about the resurrection of these dry bones as it is the resurrection of hope from this pit of despair. And Easter is very much about that too. Even if you don't believe in a literal resurrection, the story of the resurrection of Jesus is the resurrection of a hope out of despair, something good out of something bad. And I think an answer to this question is going to be unanimous. Do you feel hopeless or have you ever felt hopeless? And of course, every one of us has. We've all experienced the, the nights of despair. This question is very, very appropriate. Son of man, these bones are all the house of Israel. They are saying our bones are dry and our hope has perished. We are cut off. All of us have felt that way at one point or another. Dry bones, no more uh, hope, and we feel cut off from God. We feel disjointed from other people. We have relationships and communities, and we live in a country right now that is disjointed. While we should be living in harmony and, and, and feeling united, since this is the United States, man, we're polarized. We're divided, separated from, from each other. We feel very hopeless at times as we look at things in the news and just as we uh, contemplate our own experiences in life. The word that Ezekiel uses here, the focus of this story, the bones, is a literary term used throughout the Hebrew scripture to describe our very deepest self. The psalmist, you may remember, uses the word bones to talk about his deepest self. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am frail. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are shaking. We feel it deep in our bones. For my days go up in smoke and my bones are charred as in a fireplace. So what do we do when we feel our bones are dry, when we feel our bones are charred? Let me just give you a two or three, maybe three or four, things that help me out of this passage. and Maybe they'll help you too in our dark days of despair. The first thing that I learned from Ezekiel is to be aware. He made me walk all around among them. I realized there were a great many bones in the valley. They were very dry. So... When God set Ezekiel down in this valley of dry bones in this vision, Ezekiel didn't come in the entrance door and head straight to the exit door. But God led Ezekiel on a very graphic, gross, morbid, zombie-type experience of touring this valley of dry bones 
back and forth, around and around, almost until Ezekiel just got physically sick of what he saw, all this death and all this despair around him. And the bones, Ezekiel said, were very dry. And so they'd been dead a long time. And you may feel very much today like, yeah, I've been hurting a long time. I've been, been dry a long time. I'm ready for a change. You may look at our community and say, yeah, our community has been hurting for a long time. So God is taking Ezekiel on this morbid tour of this valley, and it's like he's saying to Ezekiel, I want you to get it. I want you to be aware of the hopelessness that is around us and that people are feeling. So in a real sense, God may be calling you, as he's calling me, to be aware of the dryness around us and of the dead bones around us. Be aware of your hurt. Acknowledge your hurt. And maybe even take it a step further. Be aware of maybe how you have hurt other people. The six-year-old says to her crying brother, it's okay to be sad. Sometimes we need to let our feelings out. Just let yourself be sad. And the parent, oh, darling, that is so lovely. Well done. Why is he crying? And the six-year-old says, I hit him. <laughs> and as you look around and see everybody crying, maybe ask yourself, did I hit somebody? Did I hurt someone that I'm not even aware of, maybe? That's what awareness is. Awareness of the pain in others and in yourself and maybe what our responsibility is in that pain. Are you aware, or had you rather just walk around with uh, dark glasses or uh, patches over your eyes so you don't have to be aware of the pain in our community? For much of America's history, disease was the number one killer of children. And then America became the land of the automobile and by the 60s, car crashes had become the number one killer of children. But now we are the land of the gun. And since 2020, guns are the number one killer of our children. And we see death. And we see terror. We see anxiety and fear. Are you aware of that? Are you sick of that? Are you taking a tour to the valley of death until you're absolutely sick of what you're seeing? Maybe Ezekiel wasn't going to do anything to correct the problem until he became nauseated by that problem. April is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. That's why you see the pinwheels along sidewalks around the church's property. It's a symbol of that awareness. Well, are you aware that the domestic violence incidence in Springfield is more than twice as the incidence in the state of Missouri as a whole? Are you aware that 69% of households in the Ozarks are experiencing low food insecurity? Are you aware that 61% of the households in Springfield have annual incomes of less than $15,000.
maybe we need to do something about fair wages and better housing. Are we sick of that? Are you aware of statements like these from some political parties? And homosexuality, they say, is an abnormal choice. An abnormal lifestyle choice. And we oppose any criminal or civil penalties against those who oppose homosexuality out of faith, conviction, or belief in traditional values. Are you aware of that type of bigotry and prejudice of uninformed or misinformed views and the pain, the depth of the hurt that that causes LGBTQ siblings? Ezekiel, I think, is telling me, maybe Ezekiel is telling you to be aware of the bones of injustice and hate. And then God asks him a question that we need to answer. The question is in 37.3 of that passage, Son of man, can these bones live? So he asks you, God does the same question, can these bones live? Can there be a change from injustice to justice, from hate to love, from bigotry to equality? Can there be a change? Can things get better? Maybe in your own relationship with someone or in your own struggle in your own life. Maybe God's asking you, can you see past the hurt? It's real. The damage, it's real. The violence, it is real. Can you see past all of these dead, dry bones that somewhere in this valley, there's life. Somewhere in those bones, there is life and they can live again. Second thing I want us to know about this, third thing rather, is that God cares about this valley of dry bones. God wants your bones to live again. He wants there to be a change. God wants there to be a betterment of your life. God is concerned about dry and disjointed bones in our community. He wants those dead bones to live I really do like Zeke's answer. Lord God, you know. It's almost like saying, God, this is above my pay grade. This is all on you. I can't do anything to make these bones live. But when Ezekiel says, God, this is on you, God comes back and says, well, maybe not. Maybe this is on you as well. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones and tell them, dry bones Listen to the Lord's message. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. Look, I'm about to infuse breath into you and you will live. Two times God tells Ezekiel to preach. One time to the bones and then the second time he's to preach to the breath to come into those bones. God says, oh yeah, there's going to be a change. Yes, I'm going to make things better. And I'm going to bring these bones back to life. But Ezekiel, there's something you have to do. I'm going to use you to make this happen. We see in these 14 verses, the Hebrew word ruach nine times make an appearance, nine times. One time or a few times is translated wind, other times is breath, other times is spirit. 
and those of us who really do like words, try to figure out, okay, should it be wind at that point, or should it be breath, or should it be spirit? But maybe I just need to let that detail go and realize that this whole story is somehow about me participating with God in bringing a force of life into those things that are dead, a force of hope into those things that are just dying in despair. There is a life-giving force available to all of us in our situation. And God wants to breathe an infusion of breath into your life and into your situation, into our community. But, and here's the deal, change is not going to happen through thoughts and prayers. Ezekiel had to do something. Ezekiel had to take action. Ezekiel had to speak. So the message I see of Ezekiel is the same message that I see partly in the celebration of Easter. And that is that life is not a dead-end street. And your situation is not a situation in which there's no exit, no way out. Life can be better. Life can improve. The message of the resurrection is that this world matters. The injustices and the pains in this world, because of the resurrection, because of the life of Christ, and because of the Spirit of God in you, the message to death and to injustice and to pain and hate is that love really does win. Jesus won on the cross and through the resurrection, not because he hated his enemies, not because he wanted revenge on his enemies, but what caused the resurrection to follow the crucifixion is love. And we can address every situation in our life that love wins. That the disjointed bones can be realigned. I learned when I was a kid, maybe you did too, an old spiritual called Dim Bones. It was written back in 1928. I'm not that old, but I learned it as a you know five or six-year-old kid. It was written by James Weldon Johnson, a great African-American poet and writer who was inspired by this vision that we're looking at today in Ezekiel. And he got together with his brother who wrote the, uh, the music for these lyrics. And uh, their lyrics at the, at the very beginning, I'll just look at those with you. Ezekiel cried them dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel connected them dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Well, your toe bone connected to your foot bone, foot bone connected to your heel bone, heel bone connected to your ankle bone. And Ezekiel, or rather James Weldon Johnson, goes from the foot all the way up to the head bone or bone head, whichever way you want to look at it. And I do think that we're kind of boneheaded when we don't realize and we're not aware of the hurt and the pain in this world and our role in bringing healing to that hurt. The fact that we, like Ezekiel, you have the breath of God in you. And just like Ezekiel, you can speak life into the dead bones. And you can speak hope into people who have despair. 
I love this exchange. Guys, my little sister caught me crying and I accidentally vented to her about how much I hate my body. So she started singing all about that bass to make me feel better. Yeah. You have the power in your speech, in your words to make people feel better. Denise and I watched the other night the movie A Man Called Otto. Anything that Tom Hanks is in, we will watch. And regardless if it's bad, we will say that it's good. Because <laughs> we love Tom Hanks. And I have to admit that I didn't like this at the beginning. But I grew to love it. Because Tom Hanks plays a man who is just a gruff, mean man. And he hurt people. But he lived out the view that hurt people will hurt people. And he was hurt. He had been hurt by being forced out of a job that he had had for 40 years. He had been hurt by the death of his son in an accident. He had been hurt by the death of his wife to cancer. Someone in his neighborhood, a new family, befriended him and spoke loving, kind words into his spirit. And Tom Hanks' character, Otto, began to change, began to live again. I'm going to show you a clip where he's in a conversation with the one of the members of this family, the wife and the mother of this family that befriended him. And Otto is telling him, or rather her, the story of his pain and uh, his hope for the future. Take a look. Otto is awakening and he is healing. And for Otto, the sun is slowly shining. I want you to leave our gathering today with the certainty that the sun is slowly shining for you. And if you listen very carefully, you'll hear a song. Listen. Here comes the sun. So Joey, I think Jesse may be joining Joey, yes. And they're going to lead us in this song of faith, this song of hope, this song of, yeah, no matter how dark it is for me right now, no matter how cold the winter is, spring is coming, the sun is shining in my life, in our community, and in our country. Yeah. Can't have a holiday without the Beatles. Joey and Jesse lead us in that. Please feel free to sing along with us. Um, it's a pretty easy one. Sun, sun, sun. 
sun, 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 oh, here it comes. Sun, 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 oh, here it comes. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun, and I say it's alright. Here comes the sun, here comes the sun, and I'll say it's alright.